The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in India, Dominica, and Ireland, and in the states of Mississippi, Nevada, and South Dakota. And a special shout out to the 6,349 listeners in Los Angeles just in March. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening up. Lift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur, like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Have only healthy relationships. All relationships should be based in trust, respect, and safety. Weed out all the relationships that do not bring you joy or the potential for joy. This includes family. Some relationships can be changed. Others cannot. Know the difference and act accordingly, especially with family members. We can choose to come to a place of acceptance and unconditional love. The key to achieving this is to slowly develop the strength, self-forgiveness, and self-love that makes it possible for you to be with toxic people without allowing their abuse to harm you. This takes serious work on yourself. You do it for you, not for them. This level of healing is profound and well worth it for those willing to make the journey. I have needed to do this with some of my own family members. All I can say is that the peace of mind and happiness that it brings is more than words can describe. Learning to think positively can help you on this path which is why my next workshop is Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want. As we say every week on this show, the best or worst place to live is in your own mind. Seeing your life from a positive perspective changes the way you think, which changes everything. 
You can choose to be positive, to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways. As you let go of negativity, you will start to be grateful and positive in word, thought, and deed, resulting in your ever-increasing happiness and peace of mind. You will begin to create the loving, joyful, prosperous, healthy life that you want. In our time together, you will change your negative thoughts into positive ones. Instantly shift your mood from fear, worry, and negativity to feeling good. Find the silver lining in every experience. Choose positivity, peace, love, gratitude, health, prosperity, and happiness. Feel freedom from irrational worry and stress. Make conscious choices to create the life you really want. See, know, and feel the joy, beauty, and love already in your life and leave feeling lighter, freer, and energized. We'll be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Sunday, June 12, 2 to 3.30. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett, who will talk with us about how childhood abuse affects your health and what you can do about it. Last week, we had a fascinating conversation with Zen DeBruck about listening to your inner GPS. She has discovered that three specific kinds of discomfort in your body can help you tune into what is good for you and what is not. These are a lump in your throat, a knot or churning sensation in your solar plexus, and pressure or tightening in your chest. These are signals that your body sends out to alert you that something is wrong. Recently, a friend was telling me that when buying her house, she put in numerous bids in a part of the city where the houses are more expensive. She thought she should live in that community for various logical reasons, but every time she put in a bid, she got a knot in her stomach and prayed that the bid would be refused. Finally, she started to listen to her body and found the perfect house for her in a lovely neighborhood that she can afford. The beautiful thing about the inner GPS is that it tells you what's good for you, which may be different from what is good for someone else. Without knowing it, I was ignoring signals from my inner GPS in early 1998 when I wrote this in my journal. I feel lost. I'm a bundle of nerves. I've choked back my words all week. I've let other things get in the way, and now my breathing is bothering me. I can't get a full breath. My throat hurts. It's actually sending sharp pains through me. When will I allow myself to write regularly? When will I stop making long lists of things to do and being compulsive about accomplishing them? When will I overcome the fear, the feeling, that what I have to say is wrong, not good enough, embarrassing, foolish. When will I believe that I have something to say and that what I'm saying is valid for me and therefore right and good and important? Even writing these words gives me pause. How shocking that what I'm writing could be important and that I'm on target. 
So here I am, my body causing me so much distress that I have no choice left but to write. And in the writing, I am experiencing tremendous relief. I cease to worry about whether it's right or not, whether it makes sense to others, whether it's what I'm meant to do. There's just a relief, a release, a calming just because I went through my fear and picked up the pen and used it to put my words, thoughts, feelings, perceptions onto the paper. In addition to helping others, Zen is using her knowledge to create healthy relationships within her own family. She checks in with herself before having a challenging conversation with her husband and is teaching her young son to listen to his inner GPS. This awareness can help families break the cycle of abuse. Whether in the workplace or at home, your inner GPS can guide you to health, happiness, and success. To learn more, listen to last week's show with Zenda Brook by going to my website, paulajoyce.com, and clicking on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. I had two notes this week from clients that I want to share with you. The first one was from a new client. Yesterday was a truly amazing experience for me. Thank you for everything. The second note was from a client who also listens to the radio show. I write you to thank you for being the caring and loving woman you are for sharing your powerful and positive energy, for inspiring, empowering, and guiding so many people with love and wisdom to heal, to change, to understand, to grow, to rebuild, to live, to love again, and for the first time with love and deep respect and gratitude. I feel very fortunate to have clients who are so kind and generous with their gratitude. It makes my work even more rewarding. Our guest today is Dr. Kendall Tackett, a health psychologist, editor-in-chief of her own press which specializes in women's health and editor-in-chief of two peer-reviewed journals, Psychological Trauma and Clinical Lactation. She is a fellow of the American Psychological Association in Health and Trauma Psychology the past president of the APA Division of Trauma Psychology. Dr. Kendall Tackett specializes in women's health research, including depression, trauma, and breastfeeding. Her books include Treating the Lifetime Health Effects of Childhood Victimization and Psychology of Trauma 101. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want. Go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett to talk with us about how childhood abuse affects your health and what you can do about it.
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners. And as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you, please call one 866 472-5795 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Since we are not live today, we will not be able to answer any questions on air, but if you have them, please contact me through the phone or email. And I hope you took the time to write down that you are willing to look at the impact that events in your own childhood may have had on your current health. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett to talk with us about the lasting damage childhood abuse has on health. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Paula. It's my pleasure. And I was wondering, because I found it intriguing how you got into this area of interest. If you would share that with our audience, I would appreciate it. Uh, well, it kind of started for me a long time ago, like back in 1983, when I was actually still in my master's program. Uh, I had an opportunity to do some volunteer work with our local rape crisis center. And that was kind of around the time when child sexual abuse was first kind of getting into sort of public consciousness. And so they, because I was a developmental psych major, they said to me, they said, you know, we need somebody to uh, get some training because we were having a lot of requests for lectures on child sexual abuse and, you know, we don't really know anything about it. And they said, would you go down to San Francisco and get some training? So I did. You know, and that actually led to an internship, which led to um, a chance when I moved down to the Bay Area to do some research. And, you know, it's just been kind of one of those things that, you know, doors keep kind of opening. Uh, and like a lot of people, I mean, I was initially interested in the psychological impact. You know, so we started talking about depression and anxiety. And I still remember actually the first article where the, the author put together Um, PTSD as a consequence of childhood sexual abuse. That sounds ridiculous now because, of course, we just assume. But it was pretty pretty groundbreaking stuff at the time. Uh, It was really quite a good article. Well, it wasn't until many years later that uh, I was actually attending a a session of Grand Rounds at our local hospital in New Hampshire. And one of the speakers mentioned something about people having a history of childhood abuse, you know, uh, having higher rates of irritable bowel syndrome. 
I thought, wow. I mean, I, I don't think I heard anything else that she said because I thought, really? You know, I, that was the first time I'd heard a thing about physical health effects. And I thought, wow, wow. So I went up to, you know, got my car and drove up to Dartmouth Library. And uh, I started reading the articles. And I thought, I'll be damned. I can't believe it. You know, and so then that kind of led to, you know, it's the same thing I, what I do with a lot of my work. You know, it's like one thread leads to the next. You know, so I started seeing a lot of the other kind of chronic pain syndromes. You know, but they were very based on specialty. You know, it's like the gastroenterologist found irritable bowel. The rheumatologist found fibromyalgia syndrome. Um, you know, the gynecologist found chronic pelvic pain. Uh, so, you know, there were these kind of, um, you know, like I said, I was starting to kind of see these connections. Well, we did this little study in a primary care sample, and I found diabetes being more likely. You know, I remember thinking, whoa, what the heck? And it's like, I didn't even know anything about diabetes. So I got, you know, got online and kind of looked it up, and I thought, oh, okay. This is, and I got very, very intrigued. And it led to another opportunity, which was to go down and talk to the, you know, some of the elders from the Cherokee tribe, because they were actually, you know, had an ongoing problem with type 2 diabetes, uh, like many, many American Indian or Native American tribes have, and, you know, about a third of their adult population. And they had been 20 years diet and exercise, and it was their medical director who was actually the one who called me, and she says, you know, I think we need to look at a bigger picture here. And she said, I think we need to look at trauma. She said, I think we need to look at interpersonal trauma, but also cultural trauma. You know, and that, again, I said, I, that was actually, again, one of the things where I first started really seeing these physical health effects that weren't, you know, what they call functional illnesses. Because a lot of people kind of dismiss those because if you do a normal set of labs or something like that, they, they never come back, you know, positive. Um, you know, we now know that there are physiological markers for, for them, but they're not things that you necessarily pick up right away. Uh, anyway, so diabetes was the first kind of thing, and I, I, it was, I was very intrigued by that. And around the same time, the ACE study came out, the first paper from that, which is the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. And it was the first large-scale study that documented the history of adverse childhood experiences you know, including abuse and neglect, but also having kind of dysfunction, you know, in, in the parents uh, of different types, you know, led to these kind of health problems. So the next question that I started asking is, well, why? How do you get from point A to point B? How do childhood abuse issues translate into adult health problems? And, and, I and really before, Kathy, before you answer that question, I just want to clear up for a lot of people that when you talk about childhood abuse, it's not just sexual abuse. Oh, yeah. What are, no, it's not. What are we talking about here? Well, um, the adverse childhood experience studies, I think, gave us a pretty useful framework for understanding this. And again, one of the things you kind of found is this is this is something that's kind of almost occurred in the entire field is, you know, everybody for, for many years kind of focused just on sexual abuse. Um, but what, um, you know, what we've kind of discovered is that you can't just look at that, that it's not just one type of abuse that causes these issues. And often there's kind of a general level of dysfunction in the family. And the more types of these things that you experience, the higher your risk of health problems. So it includes all the types of child maltreatment. So it includes sexual abuse, but also physical abuse, emotional abuse. It includes both physical and emotional neglect. Um, it includes things like, you know, what I call parental impairment. So parental mental illness, parental substance abuse. Um, if there's partner violence going on, you know, oftentimes kids who just observe partner violence, even if they are never touched themselves, show signs of being abused. So that all by itself can actually cause some of these sequelae that we're talking about. But also if their parents are engaged in criminal activity. You know, and then, you know, there's another sort of category, which is if they lose a parent, you know, either through death or sometimes divorce, especially if the non-custodial parent sort of drops off the picture, which, you know, happens, unfortunately, more, you know, more likely than we would expect. Uh, and then the final thing is, you know, this is something that's been kind of added since, is looking not only what happens in the family, but then you add the sort of context of what's going on in that community, in the school. You know, um, you know a term that gets used uh, a lot lately is we talk about food insecurity, the family doesn't know where their sort of next meal is coming from or if they're going to actually have enough money to, to buy food. Um, you know, but also, you know, is there medical coverage if there's any kind of issue? Um, is there community violence? Is there bullying in the schools? So all of these things have an additive effect. And so the more types of these things a person experiences, the higher their risk for health problems. 
I just want to add one more thing that's coming to my mind, and that's a history in the family of trauma, like you talked about yeah. the cultural trauma. Yep. If somebody comes from a culture where they've been abused a lot or Holocaust survivors or yep. survivors of floods or whatever trauma. Well, and you know what we also see, you know, one of the things that's really striking to me is when you look at, um, you know, obesity rates, you know, it, it, there's very clear patterns when you look across countries at the history of things like slavery, you know, and how that cuts across different cultures, you know, and even like if you go to a culture like Australia, you know, where they've kind of also had their sort of own history uh, of, you know, how they treated the indigenous people of Australia, you know, and you see higher rates. You know, when you go to New Zealand, the people who are the most stigmatized in that culture, you know, are the Pacific Islanders, and their rate of obesity is 73%. You know, so it's like, yes, you can see that these cultural traumas, and you see it in American Indian tribes as well. Uh, you know, so that's also kind of a legacy of, you know, what happens when there is, um, you know, I really believe that there's epigenetic effects there. You know, that, you know, if, if somebody is highly stressed during their pregnancy, that gets transferred to the offspring. And then the offspring then, you know, their children then become, you know, very sensitized and very highly stressed. And, you know, there's a pattern that happens. So, yes, definitely, people who have histories of trauma, there's no question that that actually can, can be passed. Now, we actually have to talk about some things that interrupt that. But, yes, you know, that is something that can be passed through generations. Thank you for clarifying that because I think when you really look at the broad picture there aren't too many of us who don't come from some sort of pattern of abuse. Oh, sure. So please continue. You were going to say then, so how does this affect our health and why? Well, see, that for me, that was the really intriguing question because it's like whenever, you know, I, I, I spoke with healthcare providers about this, you know, oftentimes they tended to blame behavior. They'd say, well, the reason you're unhealthy is because they're doing da-da. You know, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're engaging in high-risk sexual activity. You know, uh, they're, they're overeating so that they're unattractive, so, you know, abused, you know, they won't get abused again. I mean, it was always kind of like it's the behavior is behavior. And I thought, you know, the question that I asked is, what's driving the behavior? Why are people doing that? You know, those are, you know, very self-harmful behaviors. Where are they coming from? You know, and so that was a question that I was actually very intrigued with. And, you know, really what I came down to is I thought, you know, we already actually have the answer to this. You know, if we look in the health psychology literature, we already know the answer. You know, it, and it's kind of funny because it's like I've been in the health psychology field now for about 15 years, and my fellow health psychologists oftentimes don't think about trauma, and yet they give us the sort of mechanisms by which trauma impacts health. You know, and one of the things that they kind of have described very clearly is the impact of our beliefs on health. And I think that these can be directly changed by trauma. You know, for example, do you blame yourself for it? You know, if you were abused, do you think that it's because of something bad in you, you did something bad? You know, are you ashamed of it? Do you have a lot of shame? Um, Do you feel like you are incompetent? You know, that's what we call self-efficacy. You know, like that if you want to make a change, it's hopeless that you just, there's no way you can. Um, you know, that actually comes, self-efficacy comes right from the attachment relationship. You know, do you feel like you can go out and explore the world and come back to a safe base? You know, and if that safe base isn't there, you know, that's something that undermines self-efficacy. Uh, but it also kind of translates into how you look at other people. You know, one of the things that we've seen very consistently that impacts health is what we call a hostile worldview. You know, if you grow up thinking that the world is out to harm you, that other people are there to take advantage of you and to abuse you, and again, if you've experienced trauma, that's actually a pretty logical worldview. But we know that's directly related to things like diabetes and heart disease. I mean, people who have that view have much higher rates of those conditions. You know, so again, it's like I think it's much more than behavior. I think behavior is just a symptom of sort of some, some of the underlying beliefs you know, but we also know that social impacts, you know, social relationships are impacted, and those have an impact on health. And we know that depression itself, you know, which is probably the most common sequelae of abuse, you know, that very high rates of depression among people who are abused. You know, and same thing with anxiety, and you see smaller rates of PTSD, but it's also pretty common. Those actually impact health. You know, we a lot of times thought of those as just the outcomes, but they're also mechanisms. You know, 
depression is a risk factor for heart disease. You know, and so it's again, you can kind of see how all of these things are adding, you know, and there's a cumulative effect of that. And what's to me, I think, important to understand is things, especially like beliefs and social relationships and, you know, even things like depression can be changed. You know, it doesn't have to be this hopeless picture, but you have to know that, that those are risk factors and they need to be addressed. And I think you have to know what the source is, which is another Absolutely. way of saying what you're saying, because if you think it's something else, like your biochemistry, as opposed to the abuse or trauma that you experienced, then you treat it differently and you look at, diff- at it differently. And and it's like treating cancer as if it were heart disease. You, you don't right. get any results. Right. Well, I think the thing that's really important to understand is there is a physiological mechanism under all of this, you know, and it has to do with that ramping up of a stress system, you know, and it's not just the fight or flight. That's part of it, but the thing that actually is really critical is what's, you know, known as the sort of immune response or the inflammation response. You know, we're discovering that inflammation is something that underlies a lot of disease, you know, I mean, every day. I mean, because I get Google alerts on, on inflammation that I post on my Facebook page and stuff. And, you know, it's amazing the number of diseases that it seems to be the underlying mechanism for. And a lot of the things that we've talked about, you know, the, the, the you know, lack of social support, um, the, you know, the cognitions and beliefs, you know, about yourself, about other people, all of those things kind of ramp up that inflammatory system, you know, and... Again, that's one of the reasons why it's kind of important to sort of address it. And so the key really to kind of improving health for trauma survivors is to understand that you've got this basically a really hyperactive stress response. And you see the same thing with people who have experienced, you know, other types of trauma, like trauma from combat. Um, you know, and so what you have to do is know how to turn that off because you've got this stress response that responds to the sort of slightest provocation. And so, you know, there's a vulnerability there. But if there's a, there are definite ways to turn that mechanism off. And this is a perfect time for a break and to talk about how we do that when we come back. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and healing at deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It continues to be a gift that helps my clients heal more profoundly and at a more rapid rate than would normally be expected. Now on your paper, please write down what you're going to do to get the best help for yourself. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett to talk more about the lasting damage childhood abuse has on our health. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. 
Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call one 866 472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795 You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor Welcome back to Uplift Your Life nourishment of the spirit. I hope you wrote down what you're going to do to get the best help for yourself. And I'm so glad we're here with Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett to talk more about the lasting damage childhood abuse has on our health. Kathy, thank you so much. You have such a vast array of knowledge. And I loved um, the way you put all the pieces together to understand the big picture of what happens as a result of abuse. And you were about to tell us what you can do to turn off the stress response. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm happy to tell you that. Uh, I think actually, again, I, I just want to reiterate, I mean, thank you for giving me the chance to talk a little bit about this. Because I think sometimes when people talk about health, health effects of childhood abuse, they present it in a pretty um, hopeless way. And I don't think that there's any reason on earth why we need to approach it that way. Uh, I think it's important to know that, you know, abuse can actually, um, you know, people can overcome it. And I think actually, again, I think that, uh, you know, knowledge is power. And so the more you kind of understand you know, some of these sort of mechanisms, the more they can be addressed. And I think, again, I said, you know, I really feel like that the message is one of hope, not of hopelessness at all. I mean, sometimes it's kind of hard when, you know, you kind of feel like you hear all these, these you know, these negative effects and people think, oh, my gosh, there's nothing I can do. And, again, I think that that's where if you understand kind of that underlying physical mechanism, then you can look to the research literature and there's actually a lot of information about, okay, what do we do about this? Okay, so what we have is we have this hyperactive stress response, and so what we need to do is think about, okay, what are the things that sort of what we call down-regulated or turn it off? Well, one of the things that actually really does help is exercise. You know, and it's really kind of interesting how they found this out. Um, it was researchers at Ohio State were the ones who discovered this. And uh, what they did is they, um, they found that, uh, you know, people like with a lot of hostility, um, tended to actually have very slow wound healing. You know, they actually did the initial studies on medical students, and what they were looking at was the effect of stress on, on healing wounds. Okay, now you might think, okay, well, what does that have to do with this? Well, that's the interesting kind of thing about this, and the study is pretty amazing. Um, you might wonder how they studied wound healing. Well, they actually wounded the medical students. Uh, they used uh, what we call a punch biopsy, like what they do if they're going to test, you know, something if, you know, if you've got a, like a mole or something that they're iffy about, they do these little punch biopsies and they take a chunk of your skin out. And, you know, <laughs> I, you know, first of all, I just can't even imagine who would sign up to be in that study. It just doesn't sound like fun at all. Uh, but these med students were totally game for it and they did. And they found that, you know, over the summer when everything was nice and relaxed, you know, they were actually, um, the, the wound healing was pretty quick. But as soon as they got under a lot of stress and they were kind of coming up on a big exam kind of at the end of one of the years, um, the, the wound healing slowed down quite a bit. Well, so what they kind of also discovered is then they did a hostility study where they had um, uh, students or they had uh, men and women come and they were, who, were in, you know, who were married, married couples, 
and they were looking at marital hostility, so how much hostility you had towards your, your, towards your spouse. And they didn't do the punch biopsies in that study. What they actually did was they actually burned them. And you might think, my God, <laughs> who would I have to be in this study? Um, but what they found, it was kind of interesting, is the couple's high in hostility when they, they, you know, they raised a little blister where they you know, did this little burn, and they drew off the fluid. And they found that there were very few of the molecules in the system or in that little burn that were supposed to be there to help you know, heal wounds. Now, that's something you need to kind of know about those inflammation molecules. They have two really important functions. You know, one is to fight infection and the other is to heal wounds. That's why they're part of the stress response because, again, it's, you know, it's the idea that if your body is under attack, which that's what the stress response is supposed to, to deal with, if your body is under attack, then you're going to get the soldiers ready, you know, to fight infection and heal wounds. Okay, so what was happening with this is the hostility was making those inflammatory molecules be systemic. They were running around kind of in the whole body, and they weren't going to the wound. Okay, and that's what they found, that, that there weren't as many of those molecules that were supposed to be there to help heal the wound because the people were high in hostility. See, and that's where they start to be a problem because they're not supposed to be running around, you know, in your general system like that because when they do, those molecules actually cause damage. They damage things like vasculature, and so then all of a sudden you get heart attacks and strokes and all these other bad things. Well, what they also discovered is that if you exercised, what that actually did was take those molecules and put them at the wound site back where they were supposed to be. Okay, so what I like about those series of studies is it shows you the actual mechanism that exercise is actually putting those healing molecules back where they were supposed to be. So taking them out of systemic and putting them at the wound, you know, because they found exercise helps with wound healing. And so, again, I think it's important to know that because sometimes people say, oh, you're just telling me to exercise, and they don't understand why. You know, but it directly impacts, you know, your, you know, your body. Okay, so that's one way to turn off that stress system and actually kind of put those molecules back where they're supposed to be. Um, another thing that really helps is the long-chain omega-3 fatty acids. You know, so things like uh, EPA and DHA. Okay, now you get those in those fish oil capsules. And, again, you, you can actually do this pretty inexpensively. You know, a couple of the brands that have been verified by the U.S. Pharmacopeia as being safe are very inexpensive. You can go to, you know, Walmart or Target and get Nature Made, um, or you can go to Costco. It's their brand. So the nice thing is you can actually have the effect of those um, in a very uh, reasonably priced format. And I like that because, again, I said, you know, it's one thing to tell somebody, oh, yeah, buy this supplement that costs $70 a bottle. You know, and that's out of reach for an awful lot of people. Um, but, you know, twelve ninety nine for a two-pack isn't. And so that is something, too, and they, it has the same effect. It actually seems to turn that stress system off, and it actually gives people more resilience. You know, when they, they've had laboratory studies where they've tried to stress people, the people who are not deficient in those long-chain fatty acids, it's EPA and DHA, actually had more resilience to stress. Okay, now, one of the other things that, you know, that I discovered, this is some research that I did, is um, we looked at breastfeeding. Now, Maureen Grewer at the University of South Florida has discovered that, you know, you can lower that inflammatory response through exclusive breastfeeding. And we found it actually impacted a lot of things. It impacted depression risk. It impacted um, anxiety, anger and irritability, and also it was related to better sleep. Okay, but it's exclusive, and that's the thing that's different. You know, it's like it's not when you start mixing and, supp- you know, and supplementing, you don't seem to get the same biological effect. It, it seems like it's a biologically different animal. Uh, and we found actually even with trauma survivors, we had like almost 1,000 sexual assault survivors in our sample, and we found huge differences in terms of all of those variables. You know, so again, it's another way to kind of turn that stress system off. And so that, those are just kind of three examples of things that, um, you know, are fairly accessible for people to be able to do. Uh, we keep finding other things. Uh, one of the other things that actually can be a really critical uh, part of improving health is improving sleep. You know, if sleep gets better, then we kind of find that many of the other symptoms get better as well. You know, um, if you have impaired sleep, uh, you know, oftentimes that raises your risk for heart disease and stuff because it tends to raise that inflammation level. Uh, we also find that, you know, insulin gets uh, dysregulated. It only takes about two to three nights of dysfunctional sleep 
uh, before you get insulin resistance. And so, again, like I said, that's sort of setting that pathway for diabetes and also heart disease. And so, again, like I said, trying to address sleep, or if, if sleep can be addressed, and there's a lot of actually good kind of cognitive therapy type of things that actually can help with sleep. Uh, and that actually also, you know, has a huge impact on health. So, you know, those would be kind of the four things that I think that we see the best research support. Um, but we also know social support is helpful as well. Uh, so, uh, again, like I said, a whole, a social support, you wouldn't think of it, but it's actually anti-inflammatory. Um, so, again, <laughs> we're mind bodies, and we're in relationship with other people. And when, you know, we have good relationships, it actually tends to also lower those levels. Well, I, I want to go back to something you said before about our belief systems. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients who have said something similar to what you did, that they, if they, because of abuse in childhood, they felt like there was something wrong with them, that they were unlovable. Yeah. And so if you have that concept, then how could you possibly have a healthy relationship for social support, often the social support is an unhealthy relationship. Absolutely. Although, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because one of the things I've found is, yes, relationships definitely seem to be impaired, but oftentimes it can be the relationship that be also becomes the vehicle for healing. You know, if you are in a relationship with somebody who's sort of a non-abusive, stable, you know, adult, you have an adult partnership that's a stable and non-abusive one, that that can actually become a vehicle for healing. You know, and I think actually one of the things that can be really effective is just helping people learn how to have good relationships. And I think actually that's kind of where interpersonal psychotherapy seems to really kind of excel. You know, it, it, it tries, it, it teaches kind of that sort of one skill. You know, it's like, and if you don't have social support, where do you get it? You know, and can you learn kind of how to be a friend to people? Uh, and so... You know, that can be sort of part of the thing that happens in terms, in terms of recovery is learning how to, to have more healthy relationships and to recognize when they're not. Exactly. Um, and it, it, I think, also references back to bullying where children often become a victim or a bully mimicking yeah. what happens at home. Absolutely. You know, and it's kind of a sad thing, too, because it's like, you know, when you look at the bullying literature, you know, one of the number one categories of kids that get bullied, you know, are kids who are fat. And, you know, we can see statistically that people who have experienced abuse and neglect are more likely to be heavy. Uh, And so you kind of got the double whammy. You know, and it's like this is one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy about some of the... um, you know, the programs that are coming through some of the schools right now where they're going to send home report cards to parents, you know, giving them an F for fat because they have a fat kid or something. Oh, dear. Oh, they're horrifying. They're horrifying. And it's kind of like, I mean, (laughs) I've been on a bit of a crusade myself, you know, kind of in the, you know, sort of interpersonal violence in the perinatal health field saying, look, this isn't right. This isn't right. You have no idea what this person has been through in their life, you know, and here are all the studies that show you know, that this person sitting in front of you with a higher BMI is likely to have some kind of abuse history. Now, again, that's not going to be true for everybody. I mean, we have a lot of food stuff that aren't great. You know, we tend to overeat. I mean, there's, there's some, there are some behavioral things here. But I think it's much more complicated than just sort of diet and exercise. And if you think about it from the little kid's standpoint, I mean, these are the kids. They're going to be more likely to be bullied. And they're already, you know, getting stuff at home. You know, so it becomes this horrible double whammy for them. And no surprise here. You know, there was a recent study, I just, I just heard about it, and they were talking about kids who are bullied have high inflammation. You know, it's like, yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. Right. And so what I love, and, and we're coming toward the close of this portion of the program, is you're looking at the big picture and not isolating it's just what you eat. It's also what's happening at home, and it's also what's happening in your body as a result. And yeah. I think as we look more and more at the complexities, there's more and more hope, as you say, for people to truly get well physically and emotionally. And yes, I, thank I think you so. Too. 
And I thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for helping raise awareness. Thank you, Kathy. Well, thank you, Paula. Thank you for having this uh, radio show where you can kind of get this information out to people. Good. And so it's a win-win. And have a beautiful day, please. And I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett's book and to my store to purchase my books and learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse Through Self-Empowerment, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energy Healing, the Om Awakening, and the Ultimate Creative Problem Solving Process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Click on the link to register for my next workshop, Positive Thinking, Create the Life you want. Then go to calendar of events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself. If you have a question about a difficulty in your own life or an inspirational story to share or a success to celebrate, please leave a phone message at 214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. If you live in Dallas, join my meetup group, which meets the first Wednesday of every month at 1130. Please join us next Thursday when Natalie Baudin will talk with us about the Hawaiian practice of forgiveness and healing. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.